Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Bliss Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz 375. Oscar Lopez in the house. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. We've got uh, AKA back, backseat coach Mark Simone in here to talk WFA Week 5, preview Week 6. We're going to talk WNFC Week 5 as they took the weekend off for Memorial Day weekend. So welcome to the Memorial Day weekend edition of the Blitz. We're also going to be talking to legendary quarterback Sammy Grossoffi on her return to the WFA after a long time with the Cali War including the battle against the Nevada Storm uh, this past weekend with the, uh, against the battle with Cali Work and uh, 20-0 loss against the Storm. We're going to dive into what's happening in uh, the FTF change of the schedule um, that came about this uh, past uh, week. Boston, D.C. originally slated to be on the For the Fans uh, Women's Football Alliance slate of Game of the Week, and it has now been changed to the Arlington Impact taking on the Minnesota Vixen. And if you guys were at the hub at Face Guard Iron Beauties, you would have seen the amazing uh, job that the Minnesota Vixen did this weekend. You get the highlights right there from Town Square TV, the 66-0, to um, just demolishing of the CS Falls uh, Snow Leopards and the fact that they're prepping now for Arlington. Arlington on the other side as well did an amazing job this weekend, 50-0 uh, to against the Austin Outlaws. So interesting to see how these two teams will match up given their offensive uh, power that they have displayed so far through the early season here. Arlington a little bit more tested, uh, been on the game of the week uh, for the fans. Um, the Vixen will debut uh, for the fans this weekend, and then they will also have one more matchup at the, uh, I believe, it's in a couple weeks here, and that will be against the Dallas Elite Mustangs for the finale of the For the Fans uh, scheduled games games, games of the week. So interesting concepts, changes. Uh, we also will be discussing some of the issues that was taken into account by the Huntsville Tigers uh, via social media and various groups, uh, including a challenging a call against within the Misfits, Music City Misfits matchup, which Huntsville had, and they had a grievance uh, call to the WFA concerning some of the players with some cheap shots and dirty plays that were not fundamentally safety sound, um, you know, football. And so those things were addressed by uh, the WFA leadership, and uh, the owner of the Huntsville Tigers was not, uh, you know, uh, agreeing with the decisions that the leadership handed down in terms of suspensions and probations. Uh, the uh, owner of the Huntsville Tigers uh, basically, you know, thought it should have been a zero tolerance. That means those players would have been suspended for the season uh, or a harsher, uh, basically, um, send the message that that type of play is not acceptable in the league. So we'll discuss it with Mark uh, when he comes in, Mark Simone, a.k.a. backseat coach, uh, in about 40 minutes, and we'll kind of dive into that topic in terms of his views, my views. Uh, if you guys have any, um, you know, thoughts on it, go to the hub right there. It's the post. You see the video right there of the Music City Misfits taking on the Hudsfield Tigers. Uh, a lot of people have commented on there as well on what could have been taken care of. So 
So the, the decision was there was a ruling by the league. It was a ruling of select players from Music City Misfits that were taken into account. Um, and at the, t- uh, the ruling came down from the WFA leadership in terms of what was to be done. Uh, so the owner decided otherwise that it was not what they, did, they thought the rule book stood for. And so um, it, a debate basically between the league and the owner of the Huntsville Tigers, decision was made by WFA leadership to dismiss. Uh, and if you're, if you're at the hometown football group um, by Michael Burmey, um, that he broke out the news that the Huntsville uh, Tigers were actually dismissed from the women's football line further from further play in 2021 and further participation in the league at this point. So uh, it could get ugly at this point. Uh, I know um, there's, you know, debate on it in terms of what the decision was made. Uh, the ownership on in Huntsville obviously does not agree with it. They're pursuing other means to uh, get their point across. Uh, unfortunately, when you go that route, more, more than likely it goes into legal bounds. So uh, the WFA has already submitted their uh, stands on it. And so at this point, it's, we'll see how it transpires between the two parties. Uh, but like I said, we'll talk to Mark when he comes in and we'll talk it over in terms of, you know, the decision that was made by the league and the owner in terms of the, you know, counterpoint point and counterpoint. So um, should be interesting to say. All right. Um, if you guys uh, haven't figured it out, powered by monkeyknifefight.com, you go right there to Monkey Knife Fight. You get everything in terms of Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA in season, MMA, uh, simple props, more or less. If you're good at it, you, get, you put in a $5 play, you can match up up to $50. Um, you get you triple your money. So if you put in you know, $30, you get $90. If you put in $100, you can make up to $300 nightly. So if you're good at team sports, if you're good at deciding what players are going to measure up to with versus another player, you're able to take advantage of that. There's also the home, uh, home derby, home run derby for Major League Baseball on Fridays, uh, $20,000 up for grabs. So if you are able to pick the three homers, three people, the three players that will homer out there, you can take a jackpot of the purse price, of, you know, minimum of about $5,000, maximum of the whole pool price of 20000 So if you go to MikeyKnifeFight.com, use the code NJF, you get started today. So let's uh, run the promo here and then get you started. Fight is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, go to Monkey Night Fight and use the code NJF. helps our podcast stay afloat. also helps us um, keep the message of women's American football that exists and it's a up and growing sport. So help us out with the podcast. Go to Monkey, uh, Monkey Night Fight, NGF, play some uh, cool props, Major League Baseball, NFL, or any other sport there, and have a great time. All right. Um, week six was pretty exciting. So we'll go into it. Week six, Detroit versus Derby. That was a really, uh, you know, big clash. Um, this is what's coming up. And we had that already uh, where it was 9-0 to zero, Detroit took care of business before that. So we have a return of a couple matches this weekend that are going to be key in terms of the Massey ratings. It will also be key in terms of the playoff stands. Um, and if you're at Burmese hometown uh, football group, you're going to pretty much, he's laid out some of the scenarios uh, for travel costs and obviously laid out the scenarios potential might be 
for some of these teams um, that are going to be making the playoffs, whether you travel from one side of the coast to the next coast. Um, and that's, uh, that's a problem in terms of the sport. And if you follow the sport, obviously that's a, a kind of a, a, a burden in that, in that sense because in the past we've had teams completely forfeit and say just can't do it, can't travel. Even though they make the playoffs, it's a situation where they don't travel. So it's not a good thing, but it, it is what it is. So at this point, it's just a matter of some of these teams realizing where they're standing in terms of, of the Massey ratings and the potential for them to be in the playoffs and allows them to kind of figure out how their fundraising is going to go. So we'll see how that tur- turns out. Uh, if you're at the hub, Jack's, Jackson, uh, Dixie Blues 4-0 start. We will get those uh, Dixie Blues in, in the house here in, a, in a, about a week or two to talk about their great season so far in 2021. Congratulations to the Utah Girls Football League 2021 champions in all divisions. And so it was a really good season for them as well over out in Utah. Um, if you didn't know, Katie Sowers got rehired by the NFL uh, in an internship uh, right there in, in her own hometown of Kansas City with the Kansas City Chiefs. So interesting to see if they will hire her and bring her on board, just like the 49ers did. Uh, we won't know fully there, but the, the article's there. You can read it up. Katie Sowers, uh, a fellowship internship with the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see if it turns into a full-time position like it did with the 49ers. Uh, we're hoping that that will happen there. Um, the 2021 WFA National Championship, if you haven't got your tickets yet, go to hofvillage.com, go under events. Right there, the National Championship, July 23rd and 24th. Tickets are available right now, and you can go right there, 2021 WFA National Championship. It's going to be pretty exciting. HOF village.com get all the details there make your arrangements now um get your things in order and be there at the championship july 23rd and 24th all right fierce beauty uh, football league out of texas ran by uh, marissa golston who we'll have here in a couple weeks to talk about the the launch here it's going to be on june 27th you can get the promo right there about what she's doing out there as well pretty exciting uh things that she's doing with the league right now similar to uh, Jen Walter doing nationwide, but she's doing it in Texas, making sure that girls have the opportunity to participate in flag football, flag football being the uh, means to a feeder system for women's tackle football. And that's been uh, a goal of everybody in women's tackle football to try to get a feeder system or an earlier uh, opportunity for girls to play in like flag or, you know, flag football, for an example, to transition to uh, tackle football at some point down the road if they prefer. We talked about um, the uh, flag scene now going pretty much professional in some aspects with certain leagues. So that's, that's an incentive for a lot of players to participate in flag. We're on the tackle side. That isn't the case yet. We're hoping that, you know, within, within a three- or four-year span here, uh, we're going to see one of these leagues uh, go pro and actually pay the players. So that would be also an incentive versus paid flag to paid women's tackle. Pretty exciting uh, aspect of you know, if it gets to that level, then you have two options to participate in and take care of that. Um, we do have week four highlights of the Derby, Derby City versus Music City matchup. Uh, it's right there at the hub. Get it right there. And in Spain, uh, the LNFA Femenina 20, uh, 2021 7-on-7 final was right there, and you could get it via YouTube, the YouTube link right there, the 51-24 victory 
by Las Rosas, Black Demons against the uh, multi-time champion Barbera rookies. Uh, it was a great fourth quarter. If you want to watch it, three quarters of great football. Fourth quarter, uh, the Las Rosas Black Demons took control of this matchup and win the championship. Their third championship in the Spanish League, seven on seven. Uh, and who better to beat than obviously the Barbera rookies, which has been a staple club in Spanish women's uh, football for a long, long time. So we will talk about it with uh, Mark as well when he comes in here in about uh, 30 minutes as we go through the previews and rundowns of the WNFC and WFA as well. Uh, Queens Football League started their training sessions uh, with a lot of stuff with COVID now being freed up in a lot of countries, including our states here in the United States. Some of the uh, teams are able to train. Uh, the Mexican National Federation also announced this week that a lot of the teams are going to be able to start training once again in certain facilities as they gear up for um, a 2022 season or a fall 2021 season. Uh, we have no clarity yet uh, from Tercer Cuarto, but as soon as they find that out, they will uh, you know, network with us and we'll be able to give you the scoop on what's going to happen in terms of Mexico, in the swing of Mexico with Lexfa, Fix Mexico, LaFi. In, in terms of what they're going to do in terms of a season for the winter. All right. Um, the Nevada Storm continues their dominance um, on the streak here, 48-0. Uh, to zero, They win. Um, so we talked to uh, Adam Barrett. Big win against um, Cali War. And now, we, you know, another big win here as uh, they continue their dominance in D2. Not shocking considering they did so well in D3. But at the same time, uh, I would say some of us are surprised in a way uh, because of the fact they've done so well, and especially with the strength of schedule and they've played, and they've played rivals, local rivals as well from D2, as including D1, the big win against Cali War. So it votes well for them in terms of the Massey rating on how that's going to turn out for them. So we'll see how that happens. Um, NFL will support a bid for flag football at the L.A. Olympics. 2028. So that's huge uh, considering the gorilla is actually backing it and doing its thing with flag football. So very appreciative to them for starting to take interest in flag football. And hopefully that will also translate to helping out one of the two leagues in the tackle side to go to another level. All right. Uh, the WNFC tribute by, uh, they did a tribute uh, featuring the Florida Avengers uh, for the May 22nd. As we mentioned uh, last podcast, the uh, unfortunate uh, uh, pass away of Ida Del Cogliano, uh, and that that was the week four uh, May twenty second matchup there, and they uh, they did a wonderful thing there, and then unfortunately Ida did pass away after. So uh, you know, shout out to the Jacks Dixie Blues organization, the North Florida Pumas, and as well as the, the Avengers for doing their part. So we're going to go into the huddle right now. Sponsored by MikeyKnife5.com. We're going to bring in the legendary Sammy Garsafi here in a second. ...is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. The worst! Expect greatness! Expect greatness! From our preparation, the way we perform... To the way we shine, expect great. 
Safi, what's going on? Hi, how are you? How are you doing, Sammy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Doing good. I uh, just want to bring you on. What's going on here? You're back in pads. Nobody even realized this <laughs> at the couple weeks ago, and then here you are. Um, and I had to message you uh, on Twitter. I'm like, is this real? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I thought maybe it was a mix-up story, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. real, I guess. Yeah, it 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 is, and it was. I uh, I got a call from from Lisa King, and she was saying, you know, that um, the Cali Wars quarterback. She, you know, she's working a lot. She has, I think, she's a firefighter, and uh, she's going to have to miss a, a a couple of games. So she was asking if I would, you know, chip in, see if I could, if I could. Uh, join join the team for a bit and help out for those games she she was going to be away and and you know I'm in LA and so is a fit so is a nice fit for you well I I I tell you everybody was surprised cuz I got all these messages when you, uh, against Nevada and everybody's like, "Where is Wiggins? We don't see Wiggins on the <laughs> in, you know, on the on the actual broadcast because they were doing the broadcast uh, through the Reno link right. at, at their homeland." And everybody's like asking, "Where is Nano Wiggins? Where is she? We didn't see her. You should have seen." Everybody was going on like a little blitzstorm on messages and Twitter and everything else. But anyways, uh, I did see yeah, thirty-one on back. there. She, she, she'll be yeah, she'll be back for for the next games. Perfect. But we did see 31, and we're like, is that, is that Grisoffi? It is Grisoffi. Yeah. So that's how, that's how our media, our media uh, adjusted to your, uh, you know, being on the field for that week. Yeah, that was, that was, a, rough, that was a rough one. But it, it was still fun to be on the field. I, I feel bad, I, you know, we, we couldn't do more. Uh, it's just, you know, coming in. It's, quarterback's a hard position to come in and, and start playing with, you know, it's a, it's a hard position to, to substitute. You know, it's easy to do a defense and things like that, but, you know, it's learning an entire offense. It's, you know, getting familiar with the receivers and, and the way everything runs. And, you know, without practice, it's, it's a difficult thing to be able to orchestrate. But, you know, we had some good, we had some good, uh, some good times with, with Vegas. And, and I think that there was, there were some really great things, but it's just not, if you don't get the practice time with each other, it's, it's a hard thing to come in and and uh, succeed with, I think. At least for me, so, I mean, I'm, what do you, I'm a very what do you structured. The battle, the Nevada storms. Yeah, they're pretty oh good. God. I mean, they up they're, to do two. You know, they're a great team. You know, I, the thing I said about that team uh, to uh, the players with the Cali War is they're very disciplined. You know, they're, they're very well coached. They're very disciplined. They're they're they function as a unit and i think a lot of people forget about how important that factor is when you have a team of people who are really dedicated to doing their part to serve a team as a whole 
um, you know, it's, it, you can be an unstoppable force. And, and that team definitely has the discipline and definitely has the coaching. You know, they do their work, and it's very clear on the field. All right, I don't want to so equate I, it know, to Chicago sports my, football, but it's kind of similar in that way in terms of building a, you know, building a little uh, franchise where, it, like you said, every, all the pieces pretty much understand their rules. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, not every team functions like that, and that's, and that's fine too. I think there's a lot of different ways uh, a football team can be run. It's just in my experience, you know, what, what I'm used to as a quarterback is, is um, very similar to, to, you know, what the Nevada Storm is. And obviously the Chicago Force, we ran it very – it was kind of a rigid uh, format. And that's, you know, that's just the way that I had been brought up in football and, and, uh, and that's the way that, that I operate is, you know, everybody's got their – their, their piece of the puzzle that they contribute. And you really have to rely on each other with that. And I saw a lot of those shades uh, against the Nevada team. They, they just had a, you know, there's, there's a, maybe a couple of standout players, but really they just, they were, they wowed me as a unit more than anything. Um, and, and great coaching. They had great coaching. Well, coming from you, I'm pretty sure they're going to be feeling really happy that, that's what you uh, broke down, you know, get down for them. They're playing really good ball, so they're uh, on a roll here. Obviously, Massey's going to probably give them a benefit of, of a higher ranking, and they're going to be probably in that top ranking where they're, somebody's going to come to to Nevada to, to face them. So right now they're doing really well. Um, on the other side, you got Mission 3, Pete. Uh, this team is just completely just going to take care of business. I, I just don't see anybody stopping them on the other side of the coast, which is Boston. Uh, they're just animals. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They are. Yeah, that's another great discipline team. You know, it's great discipline, great athletes. Um, I I hadn't even – we hadn't, I hadn't even got to the place of watching film on them because I, w- I knew I wouldn't face them. But, uh, but I've heard great things. Um, and I just knowing the people that play on that team and knowing the organization, you know, Boston never disappoints. And, you know. They, they, they continue to do it. They're a legacy team. They're a legacy franchise and uh, organization, and they're just – they're great. Well, Sammy, they all those battles hard. with them, you know what I mean? All those battles you had with them, uh, you know them firsthand, of course, from a long time, so you know what they're all made of. Um, Sammy, the, the news where D, D. Scott goes down, horrible injury, we know that happens in football at, at some time. You know, sometimes that's what the way it is. Uh, pretty much devastates yeah. D.C. coming up this week against Boston. Um, but uh, at the yeah. same time, uh, perseverance, right? Everybody's got to get back up and try to make the best of it. Absolutely. And um, next man up this week for them. Yeah, I mean, that that is really the that, – that's part of the game of football, right? And, you know, like you never want anybody to get injured. But definitely, I mean, I remember with the force we – we definitely had our fair share of devastating injuries on the team. And, you know, I think that also is a, a huge, you know, not, not an enjoyable one, but a team building exercise is, you know, when people have to, to come together to overcome those unforeseeable um, incidents and, and be able to overcome them is, is really uh, something I think that can, can do one of two things. It can, it can kind of force a team to fall apart 
know or cause a team to fall apart, or it can force a team to to really become stronger than they ever were. So um, hopefully in DC's case, they can, they can find a way to come together and somebody will step up and, um, you know, because ultimately what we want is we want great football games, you know, because that's what, that's what is important for the sport is for there to be competitive, really great football games with great athletes and great coaching um, because that's, that's what people want to see uh, regardless of, of the gender of whoever's playing it. So, um, you know, I hope that DC is able to, to come back together and, uh, and, and give Boston a good game because that's good for everybody. Um, Sammy, have you scoped Arlington? Arlington looks pretty good. Last two seasons, almost two and a half seasons, they've really stepped up their game. Um, I think they, you know, they've been in the playoffs two consecutive seasons before that. Uh, the only team that has prevented them from moving forward is Cali War. So um, Arlington gets against Minnesota this weekend. Both of uh, had a great uh, last weekend, you know, some uh, rowdy uh, wins, 55-0 and 66-0 against lower-class D3 teams. So this is going to be, I think, uh, first test for both teams. Yeah, I've, I've heard a little bit about Arlington. I think it'll be, you know, you know, Shan will be back in, in the pocket for, for the Cali War, and I think that's a, you know, she, she knows that team. That's her team. So I think that, you know, when they're, when they're operating again together, I think that they, I mean, the Cali War is great athletes, and it was really fun to be able to get to know the gals and, and um, get to play with with the, the, the level of talent that they have on that team it was really exciting. And I think that, you know, with Wiggins back in the pocket with, you know, her, her receivers and, and her offensive line and, you know, that they'll be able to operate the way that they have for the last however many years, you know, and uh, I think it'll be a good game, but I, I think that, I think Cali is the, the Cali war, you know, when, when they get back in the, in the swing of things with, with their quarterback, um, you know, it'll be it'll be an exciting thing to watch. Sammy, uh, the NFL announces that they're going to have like a bid for the 2028 Olympics in, in terms of a flag uh, type of a feel. Uh, I really think everybody's going to come out for that, right? A lot of players already put oh, flags. Yeah. This, this will be huge. Yeah. What is, so? What are they doing for that? They're doing uh, a um, like a a tryout camp. What what is that uh, entailing? Have you heard anything about that? So they're going to support financially on the other side to try to get the flag um, sport to be at the uh, oh, right, Olympics right, right. when it happens in LA. So it's going to be yeah, trials. I don't think will be until probably twenty twenty six, maybe or twenty. You know, in that aspect. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of you know a lot of players in both tackle leagues that already play. You know, uh, half and half. They either play on flag teams right. just to stay competitively so this is going to be huge um we already have u.s u.s uh football you know u.s uh, the u.s national flag team so this is going to be a, yeah. a little different in terms of who gets on this for an olympic battle yeah and you know the, the great thing about that is is that it's already competitive internationally i mean you know we've the, the u.s flag team has been playing for a long time and i remember talking to rusty sowers um who was on the first couple uh U.S. women's flag teams, and, you know, just talking about how well-disciplined and how incredible the teams internationally are uh, in the flag game. So that's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, I, I don't see any reason why that uh, wouldn't, wouldn't happen. And, 
really awesome that the NFL is backing it. That'll that'll do wonders. That'll be really great. All right, Sammy. This week, a uh, little tension between the league and a team uh, concerning dirty play in terms of certain matchups and games. Uh, we all know that that happens, um, suspensions and all that. Um, I think really it's it's a matter of perception. But I, in my opinion, it's like I think the coaching staffs have to do a better job of you know, uh, understanding if the player's out of line and not doing fundamentals correctly to try to, like, you know, create an injury of some sort for other players since players don't get paid. I, I really think that's right. more of an ownership and, and coaching mentality. The league can only do so much. I mean, you got 60 teams. It's not like the NFL where you got video on every, every matchup. So there's no way to control it. And in my opinion, most referees uh, don't give the women's game a respect mode in terms of, like, calling it as a pro game and really being uh, aware of, you know, infractions or calling the penalties and stuff like that. Sometimes I think they lax on that. Um, sure. I think the WFA made the ruling. Uh, hopefully the, you know, the, the players and the team that was disciplined, they look at themselves and say, this cannot go forward because it's going to give ultimately a black eye to the sport. And nobody wants a black eye since we got, since we got momentum. Uh, we got players like yourself, legendary other players that have come before them that, you know, have set the bar of a standard to get noticed. And I don't think anybody yeah. wants to, you know, to play that way and, and then treat, uh, you know, the sport and, and degrade it down to, okay, it's WWE instead of real football. Well, that's one thing we don't want to go back to, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, well, I, I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. I, sorry, I've been, uh, I've been on the East Coast. So I've been a little out of touch. What was the uh, the instance? So it was just a situation with a, a team, a, a, two teams playing at each other, and certain players were not doing their fundamentals uh, correctly in terms of you know tossing players and trying to ring uh, players' helmets on tackles and gang tackles, yeah. things like that. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the ruling was made, but my point is, you know, the, the fundamentals have to be uh, respected especially when you sign yeah. your contract when you're playing. This is not a, you know, a free-for-all just because you're just a football player. You're not going to just, you know, start taking people off. And if you're not, oh, if yeah. you're not doing the, the, the fundamentals, whether it be on defense or offense, uh, people are going to get injured. And that's the one thing you don't, we don't want in, in that league, right? Because it's going to deteriorate, like you said, the, the performance on the field. We could have a great matchup, a great yeah. game, but if people are starting to do cheap shots and dirty, then – and creating injuries, then it takes away from that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, that you know, Konecki, John Konecki used to say this thing to, to our team, you know, respect the game and it, it'll respect you. And I think what people have to keep in mind is, is that, you know, this is a dangerous game. This is not, it's not mm-hmm. a, uh, it's not something you just go out and you pick up and you, you know, mess around with. People's lives are on the line. Um, and and if not their lives, their livelihood. Uh, I know a lot of people who have, you know, injuries of the game that just happened within the game, not in not any of these other extracurricular injuries, and um, and that happens. But but to exacerbate it further um, with just you know silly stuff uh, that can cause serious injury, it's just. I mean, we have to remind ourselves that we're we're out here to do one thing, and that's to to 
create opportunities for more people to get to experience this incredible game. And hopefully, you know, long after I'll be, I'm able to play, hopefully the next generation will be able to actually make some money at it and it'll be televised and all of those things. But, you know, we have to have no, no major corporation, uh, no sponsorship money. None of that will happen if we don't play a classy game, if we don't play classy football and get our fundamentals and our, you know, the basics of the game down, um, that won't happen. So I think it's really important to remember um, when playing this game, especially when it's in its infancy like this, that this is really the audition for whomever might be watching. There might be somebody out there that wants to invest in women's tackle football, but if they see things like that, you know, that might, that would deter them. And so we, we have to look at every, every time that we take the field uh, as an opportunity to impress somebody who might want to invest in us. And that's, that's not just people with money. That's, that's young people who might want to play the game later in their life. That's, you know, you're, we're auditioning constantly because we are trying to take it to the next level. And we just got to keep that in mind, I think. And, and also the health of everybody, you know, it's, it, it is a dangerous game. And, um, and we have to keep that in mind and play fair and play safely. I mean, you can still play the game in, with some intensity, with all the intensity, but do it safely. I think that's great advice because it's, it's, it gets out of hand. Um, I think the disciplinary part of it also, like I said, it has to be um, on, the, on the coaches and ultimately on the players being responsible. That's the, the one thing that they have to, you know, abide by. Um, uh, open field, uh, pretty good success so far. You had it in various outlets, um, and you had and at various festivals too. So uh, what's going on with open field right now? Yeah, so um, it's going really well. We, have, we just did the Riverside Film Festival. We won the Best Documentary Award, the Audience Best Documentary Award, which is great. Um, we're still – you know, we're on the festival circuit right now. So it's just, we, we have submitted to these festivals. And as we find out, it's usually pretty short, uh, you know, notice of, of when it's going to be showing, but, you know, we're keeping up with all of that. And we'll, if, if people go to the open field website, openfieldmovie.com and sign up for the newsletter, we, we, have, we do a announcement and an email every single time that we get into a new festival. So that's, that's going really well, getting ready to uh, shoot some music videos for a couple of the songs from the soundtrack of Open Field, and so more music will be released this summer. Um, I just got booked for uh, a few gigs in L.A., so I'm very excited about that. I'm <laughs> excited to hit the stage again. I've been really missing playing live music, so very, very uh, excited to get back out there and get on the stage. And, uh, and to release, release this, this uh, album that I've been chomping at the bit to release that's, you know, super, uh, you know, football-centric and, and sports-centric. And it was kind of fun to be able to <laughs> listen to a couple of the songs that um, I wrote for the soundtrack and, and be able to listen to them in my pregame uh, because that's why I created them, you know, was to – it was the music that I wish that I had when I was playing. And then I got, you know, a little – a couple little games that I got to to try it out, so to speak. So it was uh, that was fun, and that's that's pretty much what I got going on right now. 
getting ready to play wow. live music. So, you're on the so East Coast roll with this. this weekend? I'm sorry? And you said you're on the East Coast this, this past weekend, or you're still out there? I'm still there, yeah. I'm, I'm actually still there. Oh, I'm, okay. Uh, I'm in Connecticut right now. I was in New York City oh, last nice. weekend and then in Connecticut right now, visiting, visiting my girlfriend's family. Oh, nice. How's the uh, COVID rules yeah. and airline rules, and was that weird or, or different? It, it's uh, it's opened up quite a bit, and both my girlfriend yeah. and I uh, have vaccinations, so um, everything's pre- pretty open. Even New York City, I mean, mask, masks indoors, um, but mm-hmm. other than that, you know, and masks on the airplane. Other than that, you know, we're we're outside a lot, and you know, enjoying the enjoyed Memorial Day, and so it's it's pretty open. It's been it's been kind of nice. It, it almost feels normal. Almost, almost normal. Uh, we should uh, get clearance, get clearance in Cali. I think middle of June. I think it is, if I'm correct. Yeah, 15th June fifteenth. Yeah, because uh, I'm up in Monterey, yeah, so, so. Oh great! Yeah, I'm, I get back this weekend, so I'm excited to. Uh, to I'm going to go out and visit my family. They're out in Redlands, and um, pick up my pup, and uh, do some swimming. So. <laughs> I'm ready. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm um, ready for that June fifteenth open date. Well, I think everybody's ready for that. I mean, I don't think anybody's like yeah. everybody just wants to just get back to some sort of, you know, a little bit more freedom in terms of you know airspace and stuff like that. Um, so what are you gonna do uh, for Cali? Was just was that just a fill in for Wiggins? Or are you still gonna be on the roster? Or fans want to know? Yeah, I, ju- I was just doing a fill in. I was just doing a fill in just to help out. And it was, I, you know, I'm glad I did it. It was really, it was really cool to get to know those girls and, and kind of, and, you know, the experience of playing with another organization was, um, you know, because I'd only played with the force all those years. So uh, just to, to have that, that different experience, it was fun. Um, but, yeah, it was just for, for a short period of time, just, just to fill in. I was a substitute teacher. <laughs> I, I, we saw you out there, really awesome. Uh, like I said, Nevada played a really good game as well. Uh, we know uh, Nino Wiggins will be back, and like you said, the Cali Ward should be back on track in terms of c- consistency and cohesiveness. Uh, but it's going to be a, kind of a nice yeah. battle down the stretch here in the next couple of weeks as the season kind of ro- uh, rolls down. Everybody wants to go to Canton. Um, Sammy, I I wish you were still you know playing on on the roster to try to get to Canton. I'm pretty sure Cali Ward's goal is to get to Canton. Um, it's a, this is a huge uh, opportunity for uh, a, a lot of players. You know, we thought being at Heinz Field was a big deal, but uh, when they announced this that we're going to be at Tom Benson Stadium, you know, for the WFA Championship, that's uh, that's a pretty historic moment too for for the brand it itself. It is. It's really cool. It is really cool. I'm. I'll be there. I'll be in Canton. I'll be. I'll be there watching and uh, and and supporting because I think it's a, a really a really cool moment in women's tackle football. And uh, I definitely don't want to miss that. So I'll, I'll, I'll be there in the stands watching the game. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome uh, weekend. Uh, I know Wynn's got a lot of plans. Lisa's got plans, you know, for a big weekend there. So to see uh, who will be the six best teams to represent. Um, no pressure, right, uh, Sammy, to perform at the highest yeah. level because you'll have all the visibility. We were talking about Wynn before, and I was like, now we have a microscope on that day, right? Because everybody's going to want to yeah. see competitive football. They want to, they want to see competitive championship football. 
That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, we're, like I said earlier, we're, we're, we're definitely under the microscope because we're, we're trying to sell ourselves. So um, I think that no matter what, everybody's, you know, anybody that gets the opportunity to, to play in those big games in Canton, um, you know, just got to bask in it. You know, that, that, that's the beauty of, of all of it. Just think about how far women's football has come and uh, what a, what a great honor it is to be able to represent a sport um, at its infancy. And hopefully this is, you know, the jumping off point for, for bigger and, and better things and, you know, taking that to heart. I think it's, I think it's exciting and, and, uh, I hope everybody else that, that, that gets to participate in that just recognizes what a cool thing it is to be a part of that. Tammy, before you go, uh, Lisa, you know, uh, vision and uh, made a lot of uh, En-ROADS, right? We've had uh, conversations about recreationals, whether it's going to be really uh, going to get any better, right, in the past. Uh, but we got to give her credit. You know, the King ownership there, they have really done a good job of putting the league in a better light, getting bigger sponsors, moving it forward, and yeah. here we are in Canton. So, you know, uh, you know her, you know her personally. I don't know her personally, but I'm pretty sure, you know, we we got to give her a, a, a huge hug and shout out for everything that she's done to get the, the league and the brand. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's it's, it's a it's a difficult task to be able to, I mean, manage as many teams as have existed with the WFA over the years and, and to do it, you know, and have, and have the success that we've, we've had. And, and to, to your point, you know, getting the sponsorships and, and nailing down this Canton uh, stadium. And it's just really, really incredible. So absolutely hats off to Lisa. And it, it was cool. I bummed that I didn't get to play with her. You know, I was, she was injured in the first game before I stepped in. So uh, I was bummed about that. I thought that would have been a, a fun thing to throw to her. Um, oh, yeah, sure. absolutely. Hands off to the um, hats off to the Kings, and um, just really excited to see what what's next. You know what I mean? All right. So you made buzz. We were buzz. We were totally excited. You know, I was. I, I had to go to the source. I was like, I got I got to message her to make sure this is real. You know, because it was just hearsay or whatever. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you got in and you helped out and uh, you know got your sna- some snaps in there and. Uh, Looking forward to your tour date, so don't forget to send it to us. Uh, we'll share them out to get the fans involved in terms of where you're going to be on in terms of the live events to get to see you. Um, is the arrival still on, uh, available on downloads on all the platforms? Yep, the arrival is still available, and we got some new music coming out this summer. So um, that's that's still up, and uh, Key of Us is also up up there as well. So there's lots of music. You, you just search Sammy Grisafi on any of the streaming platforms, you'll find, you'll find my stuff. All right. So Sammy, uh, where can they get, uh, follow you on IG or your other platforms so that everybody can dive yeah, into Yeah, IG is great. I took a little break, but I'll be, I'll be back at it, uh, very soon. So, uh, just needed to take a little break from social media for, for a bit and just live in, live in my real life. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the, the pretty much the main, uh, social media platform I use is IG. All right, so it's Sammy Grisafi on IG. You can follow her right there. The Arrival, if you haven't downloaded and listened to it, you can uh, listen to The Arrival. You can also follow uh, on Facebook, I believe it's Open Field, correct? 
so you can follow the uh, yeah, where the open, next uh, showing will be as well. Open Field Movie on IG and uh, Vanguard Muse on um, is the name of the company that our our company that produced it. So Vanguard Muse is on Facebook, and then Open Field Movie is on uh, Instagram. All right, Sammy, so thank you again for taking that. the time. I really uh, appreciate you uh, always making the time for us. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, stay safe. Uh, safe travels back to Cali. Uh, we're going to should we have COVID restrictions lifted by then, and hopefully we'll have a little bit more opportunity to share uh, of the uh, upcoming events that you're going to have for your music uh, opportunities. So we're looking forward to those as well. Thanks so much, and thanks for having me, man. And, and uh, yeah. For everybody else uh, playing this season, go get them and enjoy yourself. It's the best game on earth. Thank you, Sammy. Have a great uh, evening, okay? Safe travels back home. All right. Thanks, bud. You too. Cheers. All right. Uh, So that was uh, the legendary Sammy Grisafi in the house, uh, taking a couple minutes of her time, talking about everything that's happening in the game, uh, future of opportunities for flag football also if you haven't dived into her go to ig sammy grisafi uh, on ig also open field on ig check out all her projects um awesome uh individual creating a, a lot of talented music there so check it out and you, if you don't know what we're talking about you can go to spotify or any other the music platform just put in sammy grisafi s-a-m-i-g-r-i-s-a-f-e Sammy Grisafi right there, and uh, you get uh, tuned in to what she's up, up and doing as well. And thanks to her to helping out Cali War uh, as uh, Chantel Sheena Wiggins was out for a little bit. Um, she should be back in full force here, and uh, we're looking forward to the Cali War this coming weekend as well. So let's uh, go into the breakdown and previews of this upcoming weekend that we got. We got the, uh, Week 5 WNFC coming up here. Uh, we have breakdown week five, recapping WFA. We're going to go into week six in terms of the WFA. Who better to do it with than, obviously, the coach, the backseat coach, Mark Simone, in the house. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Very good. How are you? Doing great. Just finished talking to Sammy Grisafi. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I caught uh, just a, a few minutes of it, but, um, you know, it, it's always good to hear from uh, someone who's had a lot of experience in the league at, and performed at the top level and is just doing things off the field that are also very exciting. So that was great to hear from her. Yeah, and uh, I, I was surprised. Uh, Mark, you were surprised. I was surprised. Everybody was surprised when they said, oh, Samir Gasoffi is coming back and playing for the Cali War, but it's, it wasn't long-term. It was just short-term filling, as she pointed out. So even at that, it was still uh, pretty uh, buzz news for us. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, especially after uh, a year without football, you know, it, it's always good to have uh, something to to get people talking. Um, and uh, that definitely was, was one of those things, uh, coming back just to whet everybody's appetite and uh, pique their curiosity uh, about the new season. It's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm a bit sad, really, to hear that... Um, you know, it sounds like she won't be going on with uh, the Cali War, but um, of course, uh, with uh, Chantel Nino Wiggins, um, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to ask for 
better quarterback than that. So um, I'm sure we will continue to be entertained. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, we know Chantel's badass. Um, she's been doing it for a long time. No different than Cahill out in uh, in your uh, neck of the woods. So it's it's been a you know always uh, entertaining to watch her play, and she's got a really good uh, arm. She's got a good good uh, pretty much an excellent quarterback. She's been doing it for a long, long time. Um, Mark, uh, let's let's go into a sad state for a little bit. Um, uh, obviously, Coach Al. Uh, the Boston Renegades announced that uh, Coach Al passed away. Um, kind of a sad uh, situation there, but unfortunately, you know, do, uh, things like this happen. But our condolences go out to the Renegade family, Coach Al's family, and everybody that, and family and friends as well for uh, the passing of Coach Al. Well, thank you very much. You know, um, uh, Coach Alan Lockhart has sort of been a a part of the sort of the the greater Boston football, local Boston scene um, for a really long time. Uh, he, uh, he was a player for the Randolph Oilers, and um, he coached both men's and women's football in the area um, for the Boston Bandits uh, uh, in the men's uh, semi-pro league here. Um, he coached for the New England Intensity, uh, the New England Storm, way back, way back when in the early 2000s, and uh, I think he coached a year for the Militia. He was with uh, the Renegades as well uh, when he was in a he was in a, uh, a car accident and um, he was paralyzed and um, he so he's been. He's been off of his feet for a few years before he sadly passed away. So uh, we're all mourning, but we're mourning together. Um, there are a lot of uh, people who really love Coach Al, and um, he made he made a difference in a, a lot of people's lives. Uh, you know, when you're a coach and, and you coach as long as as he did, uh, it just touches so many lives, and it, it really mu- reminds everybody about really how important coaches are uh, to players, not just on the field, but also off the field. Um, you know, many of our uh, players in the Renegades organization and Boston women's football organization had a, um, you know, close relationship with him. So um, we, uh, we know well um, uh, how special a person he was. Yeah, and it, uh, I mean, when you take into account, like you just said, all his resume, plus the, uh, you know, just the fact that the personality is what drives in certain players. And then also uh, you get to attach to a, a human being that at some point, like you said, inspired, right? Helped you out or set the bar for something bigger for you. Um, so, you know, uh, rest in peace, uh, Coach Al. And uh, like I said, con- our condolences go to uh, the Boston Renegades, his family and friends uh, on his uh, passing um, I don't know, uh, Mark, the, the Misfits, Huntsville, Ville, uh, WFA ruling, um, you know, I've been thinking about it all week after everything that happened, um, telling Sammy also here that um, I really think it's just a matter of because of the league being so huge, there's not enough video to capture all the, you know, issues that are happening with certain franchises. So I, I really think to me it's like, the ownerships, the coaching staffs um, have to be the monitors 
to ensure that there is a safe fundamental game that is being played in a safety guideline mode. I, I totally understand where Huntfield's owner comes from in terms of her not happy with the ruling. Uh, there was a ruling by the league, of course, but the ruling she wasn't happy with because uh, to her point, the rule book um, and was not enforced properly in her eyes. And ultimately her point is some of the players did not adhere to the rule book as they agreed to. So in that aspect, I guess she does have a point in terms of, you know, are we going to keep the, the, the game as safe, as effective, as Sammy said, and as entertaining as possible? Or are we going to go rogue in terms of WWE-style tactics on the field? Well, you know, I have to say uh, the videos that I did see were, were pretty wild, man. Uh, there's, n- yeah. there's no doubt about it. Um, uh, so I can certainly understand anybody um, who sees that, you know, would be upset, you know, that's completely understandable. Now, the logistics of, um, you know, things like discipline, um, I, I can't really speak to the, you know, speak to that at the league level. Um, uh, but certainly uh, there there should be a, a, a reporting process and um, a disciplinary process that is clear to everybody. Um, and I'm not sure how clear it is to, you know, either the the owner of the Huntsville Tigers or, or their staff or their players or the Misfits. Um, you know, it's, it's not really clear to me. But then again, you know, I don't coach in the league and I'm not an owner in the league. And, um, so I don't pour over all the documents to, to know what the rules are. Uh, and essentially, you know, I'm a fan and I'm a follower of the game. Um, but certainly, um, player safety is, uh, something that, you know, I have concerns about, especially when I see, um, you know, the videos that I saw, but I'll be honest, uh, the play of the players was not the only thing that concerned me about those videos. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but, you know, both of the teams were wearing similar-looking uniforms. Uh, that can't really be very safe, right? I, like, how do you even play a game if you're going to have a hard time distinguishing between, <laughs> between the teams? So it, it seems to me, like, first of all, that, a team, you know, the visiting team wasn't wearing visiting jerseys. They were both wearing their home jerseys. Now, maybe, maybe they don't have two jerseys. I, I don't really know. But that doesn't seem like a very safe condition for a game. Plus, in the videos I saw, you know, I'm not really sure about the condition of, of the field that they're on, um, if it met regulations. Uh, this is all to say. This is not to, like, try and spread, you know, spread the, spread the blame around or trying to take away from the egregious uh, physical activity that was captured on video. But, you know, I have to say, like, the people who are there at the game have to t- assume control of the game. Right. Okay? right? I agree. Lisa King can't do it from California if the game's in Alabama. Right. No, Nobody that's my, from that's my point, Mark. They can like, do it. We, we don't have the logistics to monitor. I mean, I totally get it if you if we had the logistics to monitor, but nobody they don't have the logistics to monitor. That's a fact. 
So to me, it's yeah, like certainly not in real time. Um, exactly. And so, you know, management in terms of a pro level, if you want to be accepted as a pro level, the management, the coaching staff, the defensive, offensive, you know, coordinators, whoever was on the sideline saw this type of play should have said, hey, that's not what we do. But if it's being coached that way to other people's comments on hometown, uh, the hometown group by Burmy and other areas, if it was coached that way, then that is a acceptable pattern. And so that's also a problem. Right. And that certainly has to be looked into. That needs to be questioned. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, that's, that's an accusation that, you know, maybe it's unfounded, but uh, maybe it's not. Uh, and also, we have to bring up uh, the referees of the game. Right. You know, the referees have to control the game um, when it comes to player contact. That's, that's what they should be doing. Obviously, the coaches as well have to get in there. And, you know, I, I, I don't know really what happened during that game, but, you know, when we have a football game, the, the two teams have to come together and understand that they're, they're putting on a, a show. They're, putting, they're, they're showing a, a product, and they want the product to be viewed, you know, fair, favorably. Um, and, I, I, you know, I just I, I don't know what kind of communication there is between uh, the Tigers and the Misfits. I don't know if there's some bad blood there from before. You know, there's a lot of questions that come up when you um, uh, see video like Start that. And then also social, social posts like that. There might that. be, like you said, there might be internal, internal issues between the rivalry. could be internal issues between the coaches. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that, to your point, could be a big factor for it. Um, I just want to make sure that everybody's clear, you know, in our stance, on the air right now, the fact that we we get both sides. The ruling was made by the league. Uh, the owner of the Huntsville Tigers does not agree with the ruling because it wasn't per the rule book. Okay, so that's the two sides that was uh, on the divide. Uh, ultimately, the refs failed. That's literally what it boils down to. If the refs would have done their job, to your point, Mark, then those players would have been put to the side, right? It would have been suspended. Right. Or I mean, the refs only have the and ability would to have never be talking about this at all. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of feel that way. And I agree with Definitely. you. I think the refs failed. And I also made a comment earlier uh, to uh, on the group board is I I, I do feel in my gut that uh, you know we have certain refs that referee the women's game, but they don't treat it as a you know, high school, high, high, high caliber high school game, or an NCAA Division One, Division Three, or Division, you know, whatever. They don't treat it that way. And a lot of things, I think that's a problem because you know you're getting paid to ref the game by the league rule book. So even if you don't understand the league rule book, it's still general infractions are going to be the same for any type of rule book. So I, I really think the the, the refs in that game did a disservice not only to the sport did a disservice to the players that could ultimately have been hurt and that that would that would have been their responsibility i you know i i definitely agree and you know, i've i've seen 
at, you know, at all levels of, of this women game, women's game, I, I've seen um, instances where um, – or signs where the, the refs weren't taking the games as seriously as they might some of the other games that they get paid for. Um, and uh, But when, when players' safety is being threatened in the way that it is, it's hard for me to imagine – any referee just letting it go. So, you know, I have a lot of questions about the refereeing of that game. I think in reality, uh, since there's nobody in the stands, you would, I am in my gut feeling. Some of these refs are like, who gives, who gives a hoot, right? (laughs) It's literally what they're getting paid and I'm good. And I'll just get, get through these three, uh, two hours or whatever it's going to be for the game. And there's nobody in the stands, so nobody cares if I call the call or not, right? If it was a pack house and he would have allowed, allowed that stuff to happen, okay, uh, his life would be on the line. For right. Fan base he would be hearing about it from <laughs> some some people for sure in the moment. He'd be trying to, go to the, trying to go to the stalls to hide, as they say. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a problem in itself. Um, I'm pretty sure Lisa knows about that. I'm pretty sure uh, she addressed the team. She probably addressed the um, the coaching crew. I mean, the ref crew that was in, at that game as well, um, because ultimately they did a disservice for themselves, and then also allowing the players to play that way, and uh, you know, showcasing the game. And then, you know, um, good thing nobody came out of that with severe injuries or even a death out of that game, because I think it, ultimately if that would have happened, the refs would be the ultimate responsible people for that for allowing that to happen. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly very glad that I haven't heard about any um, uh, serious injuries uh, that happen as a result of those plays. Um, but I think there's definitely a lot of. I, I don't think I don't think the story is over. I don't think the ruling means that that that's the end to it. At least I hope not, because you know we have to be we have to remain vigilant. Um, um, and I, I think there are a lot of like layers to peel back off this story, and a lot of follow-up that probably still needs to happen. And if they're not thinking that, if they're thinking that you know they can just make a ruling and uh, just have it be done, uh, I think that's just a very short-sighted approach. You know, you have to stay on top of stuff like this uh, because it's very, it's just so important to the game and the in the league itself, of course. Um, to make sure that, you know, bad things don't happen. Sure, it's a rough game uh, and accident, accidents think, uh, happen. Yeah, but... I think the Huntsville owner is um, pleading her case in a way where I think, in my view, I totally get where she's coming from, but at the same time, I really want, uh, would recommend that that would be a situation where as an ownership group, whether it be in a group setting or something, uh, the ownership groups have to um, bond tighter and to be on one page so that everybody that hits the field when they acquire somebody on the roster, they understand that that's not going to be allowed. And if it, is, if it does happen, they can only themselves do swift action on each player versus the league you know, getting notified to do that. It's just a matter of, you know, policing themselves first before they it goes to a bigger state. Pretty sure the this is not the end of it, to your point, and it's probably the beginning of something that's going to happen legally. 
but ultimately I just wanted to bring it up because it, it was probably one of the big stories of the week. So, uh, you know, at this point, the ruling was given uh, by the WFA. Certain misfit players were suspended and put on probation for their actions, and Huntsville was dismissed from the league and is no longer in the Women's Football Alliance for the remainder of the season. So that was the ruling by the WFA. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's all the right decisions were made. Let me just put it that way. I'm, I'm with you. I, like I said, uh, there's a lot of layers, as you mentioned, um, that still need to be, you know, figured out. But ultimately, nobody got hurt. I think the refs did a poor job of managing the game. Ultimately, and the league did make a ruling. Unfortunately, the ownership. Uh, did not agree with it, set their grievances. Uh, I believe there's no appeal to my understanding right now. I could be wrong. And so uh, we'll see if anything else transpires with the story going forward. So uh, with that, with that, uh, Mark, let's go into week five of the WFA <laughs> uh, because the, w, the WNFC didn't have a weekend. They took the Memorial Day weekend. How, how nice of them. Just kidding. That's good. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I think it was good. I think it should be Memorial Weekend. Take it off and enjoy and stuff. But WFA had week five. So um, Arizona continues uh, to go on a good streak here in D3. They 71-50. Wow. That was a good, uh, I guess, uh, you could say poorly poor defenses on both sides <laughs> and pretty good offenses. I, I mean, this, this, this must be one of the highest scoring games, you know, in league history. I, You know, it was really funny. I, 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 I said to myself, oh, I'm going to tune into that game. And, you know, I pulled it up, and I was watching the video, and I saw the clock was – it was like in the last few minutes, and the score was close. And um, and uh, Arizona managed to uh, score a, a touchdown to, quote-unquote, put it away, except it was only the first half. And the score was like something like – it was in the 30s. Both teams were like in the 30s. I was like, that's the first half? Holy cow. And <laughs> – you know, as it ended up, you know, it was seven. Well, I have a seventy-seven to sixty-four. That's a massive amount of points. Um, yeah, I what a wild I, game! I, was wrong because I wrote down seventy-one fifty, but I think your uh, is it up? Has it been updated on Hostess? Because I didn't know if it was updated on Hostess or not. Was it updated? On um, I, yeah, I I just I had printed out uh, uh, Hostess Sports um, oh, okay. just er- earlier this afternoon. So okay, so the the right score is. 77, you said 64? 64. That's a basketball score, man. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> but certainly, I mean, that must I, – that, I mean, it was a pretty exciting game from what I was watching. Uh, yeah. No, no doubt. That's, that's what I'm saying. Defensively, defensively, both both defenses were, were just getting ripped on both sides as we turned the ball came around. Um, but uh, offensively, both teams should be happy, I guess. They, they put up. A, yeah, she they was. lighted it up. They lighted yeah, it that, up. Yeah, that scoreboard. Whoever was operating the scoreboard, man, their fingers got tired. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, the other game was, uh, I believe, Richmond Carolina, eight zero. That was a tough. Yeah, one. that that sounded like zero. a best. You know, I was kind of, I was leaning toward uh, the Carolina Phoenix to win that game, but hey, here come the Richmond Black Widows. Um, 
There were a lot of offers, but this was the this was a close one, eight zero. Yeah, the other one I was I uh, paid attention to, which uh, I reached out to Jacks uh, Dixie Blues. They'll be here in a week or two on the podcast. But forty six forty Anarchy after being uh, out for two weeks, they almost uh, get a win here against their uh, Florida rivals here. So uh, Jacks four and zero, they go to four and zero. So good job. Yeah, they're they're having a great season. Um, as is Jacksonville. Um, I was glad to see sort of Orlando at least putting up a number of points that is, you know, uh, something that's kind of familiar to them. Uh, good on Jacksonville. They are they are off to the best start they've had in several years now. Um, so it, they're going to finish with a, a winning record. So um, that is that is pretty awesome. But as it is so, in Florida. Mark, let's, does it hmm? shock you that – that they've improved so well from the like the last season, the the season before they didn't do so well. So I don't know if it's roster changes or the fact that maybe they got returning players now more familiar with the system. But I mean, Jacksonville's really surprised this year. I mean, I don't even think anybody anticipated they were going to be this good. Yep. Well, yeah. Here's their here's their scores. All right, they defeated the Wave Runners twenty to nothing, uh, the Carolina mm-hmm. Phoenix six to nothing, the Miami Fury. 28 to 8 and then this big game against Orlando 46 to 40. So yeah, it's pretty impressive. I I mean, I'll be very interested to hear them on the program next week if you can get a hold of them. Get them in here. Yeah, they should be coming up uh, uh and kind of talk about it. I want to bring them on cuz this is a good a great season for them and they've done a a tremendous job so far uh and that's what we want to do. We want to spotlight some of the, you know, the up and coming teams and the ones that are obviously making an impact in terms of the Massey ratings as well. Um, they're in the, I think, Division Two Southeast, and uh, they're ranked, I think, number six right now, Miami number seven, and uh, you had uh, Orlando 12. So they're in the mix um, in terms of, you know, one of the top D2 teams in the nation. And so they're, they're going to go next week, I think. Let me look at my schedule here. Uh, are they off next week, if I'm correct? No, they go to, they go to Tampa. <laughs> they, D1. they have the first games. This, this is interesting. This is interesting because they got uh, what did they get? Uh, they faced uh, Miami, right? They faced Orlando, and now they, this would be the triple effect if they take down the Inferno. Wow! Right. The, the, the schedule, like it, definitely ratchets up. So maybe they'll be ready to to take on Tampa Bay. I, I mean, I expect Tampa Bay to win. Um, but um, I I suppose if you're gonna if if this is the schedule this is how you want it you want to face your toughest opponent last after you've gotten some momentum going and I think that that's a credit to them is um, they're doing their part they're playing their schedule uh, taking advantage of the opportunities and I, I think the roster is much improved so we're gonna be talking to them in a week or two here hopefully they will um, you know give us the key to their success this season, but I'm thinking it's got to be consistency. They've done a good job of offensively of putting up some good numbers at week to week. And uh, this past week against Orlando and, you know, Orlando, you know, and I know when they're dialed, uh, they're, they're the tough, a tough bunch to beat. Absolutely. Um, and very much like uh, Orlando, you know, uh, the Dixie blues roster is not deep. They, they have a very tight, knit group here so maybe that's working to their advantage um 
but uh, they've they've what they've accomplished so far is uh, is really exciting. All right, um, this weekend for the fans, we are going to get to see D1 versus D1. This is pretty cool. Uh, Impact coming off the 50 to zero route of Austin Outlaws, the Vixen coming off the route of the Sears Falls Snow Leopards. Um, Minnesota's first real test of the year. Um, it's going to be, I believe, on Town Square TV as well. So um, where, where, where you stand on this one? Yeah, well, certainly, I, in, in my opinion, this is, the, this is the game to watch this week, um, especially in D1. There's a lot of implications for this game, obviously. They're both in the, um, that Midwest region. Um, they would be facing each other. In the playoffs, so you know whoever wins this game is is going to have the upper hand in that region when the playoffs come around. Um, I'm leaning toward uh, Minnesota. They've been putting up the points. They, I mean, they haven't had they haven't had particularly tough competition so far. Um, they played the Iowa Phoenix a couple times. And the Snow Leopards, a brand new team, uh, but their point totals have been 56, 62, and 66. So um, it seems like they might know a couple things about playing football. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Arlington. You're going to go, go with Arlington? Arlington? This would be on the opposite side. I'm going to go with Arlington. I think defense, Arlington D is is really good. Can contain Minnesota offense. Uh, we'll see if Minnesota can score on Arlington. Arlington's tough. Yep. They've played, I think, 8-6 to six against Houston, and Houston is high-powered. Yep. So, uh, yep. Unless I, Minnesota can come in high-powered, uh, this is going to be a dogfight. Yes, I, I think so. I, I don't think this is going to be a game where one of the teams scores zero. I, I think both teams are going to put points on the board um, and that it will be a competitive game. Um I'm just leaning so toward Minnesota. No big, no big pressure. Arlington Impact and uh, Minnesota Vixen give us a show, right? No pressure. Right. Hey, fans. it's going to be a great game. Week. <laughs> we need, we need that, uh, that, uh, that adrenaline for the weekend. So, uh, lo- looking forward to. Uh, I think this is going to be a great matchup. Now, uh, whether it, whether it goes, you know, real stout in terms of defense, right, or whether it's going to be like you said, a, a real high-scoring affair. So we're looking to see what the results will be there in terms of surprises for both of us. I'm taking Arlington. You're going with Minnesota. Uh, so we'll, we'll see which, which of us uh, had the, you know, the vision correct at the end when the results and, and the, the tallies come out. Um, we have Music City Misfits taking on Cincinnati Sizzle. Kind of a rivalry there as well. Uh, Cincinnati. Yes, indeed. Been, you know, playing pretty good ball as well. So, uh, Music City as well. So that's a that's a key game right there. The other ones is uh, it's going to be. Let me see here. Uh, Detroit Derby, the rematch of a couple weeks ago, nine zero Detroit Derby. We just talked to Thelma Bank uh, last weekend. So looking forward to this matchup here. Dark Angels uh, only losses against your Boston Renegades. Other than that, they're they're starting to roll. Yeah, uh, Derby's at home this time, so we'll see if that plays into uh, 
the outcome of the game. But yeah, I expected that to to be another another good game. All right, uh, it's the Battle of Houston, uh, the power against the energy. Uh, I, I'm going with the energy. Sorry to say at this point, but uh, that's, I have to that's what I'm going. G two, looking very strong. Um, the power has always been. I, I, get, I think they've been perennially kind of underestimated. They're always on the field. They're better than people are expecting them to be. Um, but the energy is uh, it's too power-packed, I think. And uh, so the I expect energy, the energy. I think well. has a chip on their shoulder for respect. <laughs> That's the way I look at them right now. But yeah. Everybody, I, I think they're looking for respect. Uh, that's a dangerous team because they, they really want to put themselves on the map and uh, put themselves in that playoff state. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, I I can understand if they feel like, you know, they're getting looked past a little bit. Um, but uh, they're on my radar. Yeah, no, we we, we got them. I'm, I'm on my radar. I, I love them. I, I love their play. I, I watch their games. I mean, they uh, both sides of the ball, very good coaching. I mean, they they play good ball, and when they got to play the 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 gritty football, they play gritty football. When they got to play, you know, lights out football, they start playing lights out football too. So they take advantage of the opportunities. Absolutely, they they seem to rise to whatever challenges in front of them, um, and they adapt when they you know they need to. They can play different they can play different ball games if they have to. All right, um, Mark, must win for Baltimore or must win for Richmond, which came out of last week with a good win against Carolina. Right. Well, I, I think, you know, I think it's more actually more of a must win for Richmond if they want to crawl into some sort of playoff picture at all. A win against the Nighthawks is going to do a lot for them. Um, with Baltimore – like but this, how D2 is kind of structured, I mean, I think they're getting to the playoffs anyway, so um, they could drop one. But, of course, they, they don't want to drop one against Richmond. Uh, they defeated them earlier in the season, um, and so they don't, they don't want to drop this one. Um, this is one of, their, one of the winnable games on their schedule. Uh, it looks like they got a couple more winnable games, so they want to do it right. And they they want to get that win, so I, I'll be taking Baltimore. But I, yeah, I think I, if, I'd say I'm going for the upset. I'll take Richmond. I'll go with the upset this week. Take the all right. I'll put a cream soda on it. How about that? Cream soda, you will, and we will cream do soda. that. <laughs> uh, no clear water on the podcast. I've told people before we don't drink that stuff. We don't do clear <laughs> water on no goose. No goose on our podcast. Um, That's right. So everybody's clear on that. But, yeah, um, I say. I mean, if if, if Richmond doesn't doesn't win, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think their uh, playoffs are out of reach for them. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. It's a must. I think it's more of a must win for Richmond than it is for Baltimore, uh, and it would be an upset uh, of of you know, it would be an upset if they do win against Baltimore. Baltimore really needs to. Uh, I think they'll be fine, but they they got to start winning. You know, even the like the must the games that they need to win. And this is a, a, a game that they need to win. Absolutely, um, you can't win the, the games that are hard to win if you don't win the games that are the ones you should win. So, 
I'm no. on board with that. Um, totally agree. Do you think Austin, um, the Outlaws, haven't, they haven't played very hot, good ball lately. Uh, the Elite Spartans, this is, I think, a must win. They have to win this. They, they cannot play down. They got to take care of business. They got to take down the Outlaws. Um, so this is a, a crucial, I think, state for them. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, I think this game is kind of a toss-up. I, I mean, it could go either way on this. I, I think the, I think they played earlier in the season. I think it was close, maybe a one-score game. Um, let me see here. It was uh, Mustangs 18, Outlaws 12. So, yeah, yep. I mean, I, I, I think we'll see we'll see a competitive game. So it's really more of a matter of who's improved more since – these two teams met at the beginning of May, right? Mm-hmm. Had a few weeks. Um, uh, the Mustangs have played the energy. And let's see. Austin has played, um, also played the energy and the impact. So they both played very, very tough teams. Did they take any lessons away from those teams? I, I think we're going to find out. I think whoever took away um, – more from those games is going to come out on top on this one. All right. So if we look, if we look at the elite remaining schedule, they get Tulsa, which they should win. Um, The only obstacle in their way right now is they, they need these wins. This, they need next week to have the wins because that would put them at what? Two and two. Is it two and two or, or three? Yeah, that would put them at two and two if they win this weekend. Right, two and two this weekend. They would have to beat Tulsa to go to three and two and be in some sort of state because right after that they get Vixen and Cali War back to back. So mm-hmm. this is the this is the time to, you know, not mess around as they say. This is this is you got to get the next two wins just to stay in contention for D one. Yep, you nailed it. Yep. So uh, if you're listening, Dallas. Uh, that's our uh, advice, I guess, from a from a uh, media coaching standpoint. <laughs> Get the win. Get the win. What do I we know? know? They call coach. me backseat coach, but I'm not a coach. <laughs> Don't be fooled. <laughs> um, just our opinions. That's all it is. Just our opinions. Um, we have uh, what do we have? Uh, Boston, D.C. We won't know. We won't know. Next man up. We have no idea who's going to be, uh, you know, quarterbacking the divas. Uh, game planning, the backfield, um, we will know, obviously, hopefully by the end of the week here, by Friday or so, we might get some tidbits on that. Uh, this game was originally for, for the fans, but given the circumstances that happened there, the WFA made a decision where uh, the, the, the matchup is a more appealing matchup to feature Arlington, Minnesota, which I think it was a good move by them. I absolutely believe that that's the right move. Um, you know, that- it's just that game's just it's it it's got more impact in the in the playoff picture in D1. Um it looks like it's probably going to be a more competitive game. Uh unfortunately, you know, the Divas uh you know, two of their best players and the two players who handle the ball the most, the quarterback, Amanda mm-hmm. Conaldi and running back D Scott are are both out for this game at you know, at least um uh, D. Scott won't be coming back this year. I'm not really sure um, how 
uh, Amanda Congialdi is doing. I know she's she's rehabbing, but she she won't be back for this game. Um, I, I think the Divas are going to have um, Sylvie Abichet, um an international player uh, from from Europe. She mm-hmm. she took some of the snaps uh, in the last game against uh, Boston after Congialdi uh, came out with uh, her ACL injury. Um, so I I kind of expect her to um, be under center for the for the Divas. Um, still, you know, they if they can pass the ball, they still have some good receivers on their team. They got Lexi Floor, right? And um, yeah. they got Lois. But, uh, you know, it's hard to throw um, – it's hard to put, you know, your non-starting quarterback in there and, and have them sling the ball, especially when they weren't slinging the ball when they had their number one in there. Like, they hardly threw the ball at all against Boston that first game. So I don't know how they're going to throw the ball in this game, but if they want a chance to be competitive, you know, they have to find a way to put the – the ball into their, you know, their best player's hands. And right now, from the, what I'm looking at, it's, you know, that's Lexi Floor and, you know, maybe Lois Cook. Um, so, Whitney Mark, Sims are, are we doing, are we doing the massacre in D.C.? Is that where the end what? result will be? <laughs> A massacre in D.C.? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I kind of expect that in the second half, uh, Boston sure. will be have their backups in there. Sure, of course. I just, I just think that right now, um, to your point, that you've got a short period of time to put together a game planning for it, and the next game plan is the champions. <laughs> it's pretty right. tough. It's pretty tough to yeah. put into play and, and think that you're going to have a chance. I mean, you're going to have a chance, but I think the end result, to your point, will not be on the, in their favor, of course. Yes, I agree. All right, so Boston, um, I, I don't know what uh, – you're a fan of Boston. I'm admired, you know, Boston is for a long time. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess you can just put juggernaut now, especially for the 21, 20, 2021 season. So uh, they are obviously punching their ticket to Canton. Uh, another week, this this next week, and then what do they have? Let me see the schedule. What's their schedule look like for the next, what, three, four weeks? Let me see. Uh, we have well, we have uh, DC this week, and um, then it's uh, Detroit to um, finish up the regular season. So Boston's on the road. They're going to be in DC, and then they're going to be in Detroit. I think there's so a bye week for, in between the two. That's, and that's they it. They get that's, the last two weeks as a bye week, right? Uh, no, I I think they have a bye week. Oh, after the in between DC and Detroit, so I, I think the last week they have a game. Okay, okay. But okay. presumably, so, uh, you know, the they'll last... be the one seed, so they'll probably have a bye okay. week going into the playoffs. So they're playing six games, five games. Is it a five game schedule because of the the circumstances this year? Yes, it's five, five games. Game, right? uh, no, no, no. Uh, yes, no, it is five games. Two against DC, two against Detroit, and that one against Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. So they they literally will punch the ticket to to Canton this weekend. <laughs> Technically, that's it. Pretty much, yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> well, maybe not to Canton. I think we'll have to play. Um, we'll have to play the conference conference championship, which is going to be either DC or um, Tampa Bay. 
No, right. I'm, I'm just saying in terms of, like, the playoff state. They pretty much this weekend, if they win here, they pretty much set themselves up for the playoff run. They, they Absolutely. They'll have home field advantage um, yeah. throughout. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so that's it. The champs are – all right. I mean, if you're a Boston fan right now, you're feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good about the road to Canton right now. I'm like, excellent. All right. Um, let's see here. Mile High OKC Lady Force. That's a, a matchup that I'm keeping an eye on as well. Uh, Smooth Lori Joan and company there taking on OK, OKC. Uh, OKC Lady Force has impressed me coming from the uh, previous league to this year, and I think they've done a good job they might be ready for a D2 upgrade at the, at the end of the season. So they've done play pretty decent ball so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I, and I would like to see them to um, rise if they can to the um, tier two. I think this, you know, this game this week is kind of an audition for that. They're going to face, you know, one of the toughest teams in D2 in the mile high blaze. So we get to see, you know, we'll get to see what they're made of. Um, they took on the Blaze earlier in the in the season, and it was a close game. They lost, but it was a it was a close game, a one score game, I think. So yeah, they they have the capability to rise to the occasion when they need to. Um, they have the offensive firepower against their own equal competition. They have done a, a pretty good job against. Uh, I think Tulsa is the only other uh, opponent that they face so far in terms of the uh, rivalry, you know, region. Um, they get mile high this week. Then they get the Austin outlaws and they finish up with Rocky mountain. They win out. If they get a win this week for, you know, if they can muster a win, even if they don't win against mile high if they run the table in the last two weeks, I think they're uh, in serious contention for uh, a D three playoff push here. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, they'll be at 500, um, and it all comes down to the Masseys. And I, I think they have a pretty good – I think they're p- pretty good with the rating right now. Um, I think they're top 10, so that makes the well good for them. Top 10, uh, if they win against Mile High, maybe Massey will bump them up to, you know, an eighth spot or something like that. And that sure. would give them, obviously, a, you know, a, a better positioning for it. Uh, so the key games in the WFA – so let, let's just run them down one more time before we jump to the WNFC here. Uh, Maha Blaze taking on OKC Lady Force. Um, we have other games. You can go to WFAProFootball.com, get the schedule right there of what games are going to be in week six. Uh, Arizona Outcast, we didn't talk about that, against Sin City Trojans. Must win for Sin City here. Big game for Outcast to kind of prove themselves in, in terms of a versus a D2 squad. But uh, Yeah, I'm actually pretty intrigued by this matchup. Yeah, their, their schedule has just been one of those tough years, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think we were joking about um, about um, when they uh, had to face the Cali War. It was just like kind of bad timing for them. They've just didn't. They have had a tough tough schedule. Yes, uh, they definitely have. But you know, this this is a game that if they can win it, it might turn things around for them um, so that they can, you know, have something um, something good out of this season. I, I, I think their one and three are the um, the Trojans uh, with a, 
a forfeit. So you know that they want to get a win. They want to get an actual win on the field. And it's looking like Arizona is probably their best shot at that. They, they're going to see the mile-high blaze uh, for their last game of the season. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of do or die here um, for the Sin City Trojans. They want to get, get a big W on the board. So we got our uh, No Joke Football Athlete uh, QB, Lexi DeMeo. Lexi, go get the win, girl. You got to get this win. Back-to-back wins here. You got to get Arizona down and take care of uh, the blaze. Uh, kind of salvage your season at uh, you know an even keel here. So uh, let's give her uh, give her some shout out there. So go go get the win, Lexi, if you're listening to us, get it done. All right. So um, the other game we talked about Boston DC this weekend. We don't know what DC is uh, going to look like. Looking forward to that for the fans um, preview here. So let's uh, go into and let's get uh, Brian Sweeney's take here before we get out of here. For the fans, here we go. Hey, football fans, Brian Sweeney voiced the Women's Football Alliance National Championship game, and it's already week six of the regular season. And this week, the Minnesota Vixens travel to play the Arlington Impact in Texas. Now, this isn't the first time these teams have met. No, the 3-0 Vixen traveling on the road to play the 4-0 Impact have met one other time. Yeah. That's right. Back in 2013, on July 20th, in Arlington, where the Vixen lost by a score of 18-14. to We'll look for this, the playoffs, and more in the coming weeks. Follow For the Fans HQ on Twitter and Instagram to find out where you can watch the Vixen Impact. And remember to follow the Women's Football Alliance on all social media platforms. Tickets are available to the National Championship Weekend July 23rd and 24th in Canton, Ohio by heading to www.hofvillage.com and clicking on events. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Announcer Guy, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, there's Brian's take on that, um, Mark. So that's going to be a key game. That's the one that we're going to be watching as well and kind of dive into. The other game we're going to monitor is obviously Jack's D.C., uh, Blues against Tampa Bay Inferno, Detroit Derby, uh, Boston D.C., and uh, I even I'm tuning into as uh, Arizona versus Sin City because I think that's going to be an interesting take there as well. Uh, any other games that you're going to be watching? Yeah, I'm going to be watching that Dar- uh, Detroit Dark Angels Derby City Dynamite game to see how that turns out. All right, um, so we're going to move on to the WNFC. WNFC took off Memorial Day weekend. Uh, good for them, hamburgers and beer and everything else. So everybody's probably retooled and getting back in the groove here this weekend in terms of uh, getting back into their game planning for this coming week. Um, if you missed week four, the power rankings came out. So we'll start there, Mark, uh, before we dive into the rest. No surprise, one and two have remained the same through four weeks. So there's no, no surprise there as well. Uh, Alabama does get the bump after beating Philly. So they move up. From, they did. Uh, they they got to bump all the way to number three, which surprised me a little number bit. I, I kind of felt like San Diego would probably hold on to that spot. But uh, here we've got Alabama now. So we got Alabama bumps the biggest, the biggest bump of the, of the, you know, of the, the week rankings. Uh, San Diego goes to four. Las Cruces, uh, San Diego and Las Cruces remain the same. Uh, Philly drops three spots down to six. Atlanta drops uh, one to seventh. Las Vegas maintains their eighth position all season so far. So that's, a, I guess, a good sign for them. Uh, Kansas City goes from tenth 
to ninth. Uh, the Prodigy drops to one slot down. Seattle drops one slot down. Denver moves up from 15th to 12th off that big win. And then you have Florida drop to 12th from 12th to 14th. The rest of it is just uh, horrendous. They're just topsy-turvy there. Um, so mediocre, if you're mediocre, it's going to be, uh, what, 11 through 15 is where you're at. So that's Oregon, Florida, Houston, Denver, and Seattle that are t- trying to make that push for the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Um, and so it's tough. It's tough. Like, uh, I, I look at this and, you know, I'm not sure. Denver had a, a three, uh, bump, bumped up three spots. I definitely thought they would go up. I didn't really think they would move up three spots. Like, I'm kind of thinking they're more around the 14-15 myself, which would make this week's mm-hmm. uh, matchup with Nebraska um, – a little more interesting. I think these teams are a little bit closer in terms of their competitiveness than the rankings might have them. They've got Nebraska dead last, well, tied for last, 19. But I look at the Nighthawks' schedule, right? They played uh, Kansas City, um, the Spartans, and the Houston Heat. Uh, these are not bad teams. Um, you know, Kansas Kansas City here is ranked number nine. Um the Heat is ranked number 13 here, but I think they did give Kansas City some problems. So the teams that Nebraska has lost to, you know, they aren't bad. Um, so I, I know Nebraska's been having a disappointing season, and, you know, they're 0-3, uh, and now they're going to play Denver. Denver's also lost to Las Cruces and Utah, two very good teams. And then they, they took the Prowlers uh, to put them at 1-2. and two. Um, I, I feel like this is Denver's game to to lose, but I think it's going to mm-hmm. be competitive. I, you know, I, it, I think it might be closer than a lot of people think. I really think this is a game where um, – shout out to Mackenzie Brooks out there for the Nebraska Nighthawks, our co-host. Um, I think this is a, a reality check for Nebraska for the season. This is, a, this is a reality check for them. They would go 0-3, I think, at this point. Nobody wants to fall to 0-3. And I really think Nebraska needs to come in here with some pride. And this is a winnable game, as you said. Denver uh, must win for them to stay in contention. They go here, they're 2-2. Two and two. They might get a bump to 11th or 10th, if that's the case, or they might just stay where they're at at 12th. But a crucial game for them. Nebraska, literally a big test of pride uh, here in this, in this matchup. And and here's a really interesting thing. This is the first of back-to-back matchups between these two teams. So like, think of it this way, okay? If Nebraska's 0-3, if they, if they win these two games against um, Denver, then, you know, they, they might be sitting on the bubble. You know, they'll be 2-3, they'll be and, three, and uh, Denver will be 1-4. and four. So it's a pretty important game for both of these teams. Yeah, it's crucial. Crucial. We have number 20 taking on number 12. So, uh, I, I, like I said, it's more of a detriment for the Denver play down, like to your point. Um, Houston Heat, Minnesota, uh, Mississippi Panthers. Mississippi, after a long bye weeks here uh, off, now the, the long stretch begins for them. 
uh, up to the playoff state. So uh, they uh, they were talking a lot of smack on IG early in the season about taking down the Spartans and working with the Atlantic. And uh, so now it's time to shut up and prove it. We'll see. Houston's Houston's really improved a lot, and I think that they have what it takes to take this win. Uh, Mississippi really needs this win. They do. Um, they're winless right now. Um, the rest of their season looks pretty tough. We've got Atlanta on the schedule. They've got Alabama on the schedule. Um, they've got Florida. You know, right now, you know, right now, if they, if they, they need to get this win against Houston. Yeah, no messing around is what my coach used to say. There's no messing yeah. around for Panthers, though. They got to get it rolling, otherwise. Yeah. It looks like if they lose this game, they're probably going to have a winless season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, based on their schedule that you just mentioned, um, it's going to be very tough. And they got to play caliber ball for them. Houston, on the other side, I mean, they they, they already know what it's it's like to play against the Spartans and the the elite Spartans and the higher competition. So I'm really thinking this this team really wants to – you know, put themselves on the map on that side as well. Um, Philly off that Alabama loss, two and one, uh, taking on the Prodigy. Uh, this is a East Coast clash. Uh, Prodigy is, I think, on tenth. It would benefit them to to get a a win here against Philly, and it's the uh, it, Philly cannot afford to lose this. Yeah, after taking that loss to Alabama, you know, you know. Philly doesn't want to slip any further down um, against the Prodigy here because then they play them again on June 12th. Um, I think, I, you know, they can't lose this one. If they lose this one, that they could find it just slipping all away before they know it. Yeah, and, and that's a crucial state. Penalties have killed them. Disciplinary, uh, this being disciplined also kills them. Uh, I think uh, Philadelphia really needs to start looking at that. Alabama really exposed them, and I think that's, you know, where it's at. Washington has played tough against Atlanta. They play more of a defensive state of game, not so much offense, where Philly does have the potential to rack up some points and put some scores on the board. It'll be a, definitely a very interesting game, and I think turnovers could um, be a big uh, a big factor in this game. If Prodigy can score some points off some turnovers, their chance of winning this game probably shoots out quite dramatically. All right. The games that we're going to be focused on are on the uh, basically on the West Coast, not to take away from the East Coast matchups there, but it's going to be on the West Coast. Uh, the game I'm intrigued to see is Utah La Muerte. Okay, hey, <laughs> 2-0, Utah, 3-0. We know what Utah's all about. Now we got to, we get to see what La Muerte is all about against the number two ranked runner-up 2019 Utah Falcons. Yeah, this is it. We're going we're gonna to find out if, if they're a threat at all to, to Utah. Um, I, I think they're going to leave it all on the field, too. I, I mean, this, this is it. So It's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between uh, what level of, of uh, respectability Las Cruces will receive, even if they lose this game, Mark, I really think that's uh, depending on the score, of course, you know, one touchdown, two touchdown, or whatever the outcome comes in, the, the, the on-field play of them, uh, they'll either earn very much respect, in other words, 
and that's where they're fifth in the league. They stay competitive here with Utah at whatever point. Uh, that is going to keep them in good graces in terms of the rankings, and their playoff their playoff seeding is going to be pretty much guaranteed. Definitely, if if, if they if they show against uh, Utah, uh, a loss isn't going to hurt their ranking so much. Um, everybody knows how tough a team Utah is, but can you play within yourself and um, accomplish things on the field against that team? Even if you don't win, um, you can, you know, get those, uh, what they call style points. I don't know if it's style points. It's more like guts points, you know. If you have guts, Mm -hmm. um, they're not going to take a big hit in the rankings. Of course, if it's a 70 nothing uh, game, they're going to slip down a few. Correct. I mean, that, that's – and then the other uh, factor that's going to come into play here with this conversation is they, own, they get Utah, and then next week they get Texas Elite. <laughs> so yeah. They get one and two. Uh, whoever wrote the schedule there obviously wanted some competition. So Billy Avalos uh, gets, gets up against Rasmussen, and then all of a sudden, hey, you survived the Falcons. Hey, how about we go against O.J. Jenkins and the Spartans? Right, so there's not even a bye week in between there. It's no. just bang, bang. <laughs> it's, it, uh, what does it translate to, death? <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be the, the next two weeks. But at least they get the Prowlers after that. Get the Phoenix Prowlers after that. Oh, two games yeah, back exactly. to back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, it's a good test, right, Mark? This is where they want to be anyways. Uh, if they're in the top five conversation, uh, they're going to be taking on the big dogs in the next two weeks. So Absolutely. as a team – you know, as a team, you're going to be dual tested, you know, for com- competitive football in the next two weeks because you know Utah can score and you know Texas Elite can put points on the board. So right now they've been racking up points on everybody else, right? But now it's a moment of truth. Can they do it against the the, the two top teams in the league? Right. Um, absolutely. And and hopefully we will see something. We'll see something good. But it, you know, if, if you're uh, La Muerte. Uh, you like this schedule. You know, you want to have your toughest competition, I think, in the middle of the season and then have a couple of games to, uh, at, you know, afterwards to apply what you've learned before you go into the playoffs and, and face those tough teams again. So I think the schedule is really, really pretty good for Las Cruces. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, some season so far. Uh, they get to face a – Silver Stars team that's very confident this year. Coaching changes, Deion Lee, Kerry Walters, Chris Acasio and company, they've been doing really good. So Silver Stars, um, I mean, they, they got to get this one. Uh, Los Angeles, this is a game where they, they, they got to get a win. This is the, Otherwise, the season's done for them. Yeah, I mean, it, this is definitely a, a key matchup for, for both the teams. As you said, for, for Las Vegas – you know, they want to get this win because they're going to face uh, Seattle and San Diego. Those are going to be two hard-fought mm-hmm. games. So yep. you want to at least be going into that game with, with this win under your belt. Um, and for Los Angeles, I mean, what can I say? Uh, you know, they don't have a win yet. <laughs> so 
if if they don't win this one, I mean, they're definitely out of the picture. It looks like they're out of the playoff picture now. But after Las Vegas, I mean, they get Utah next week. They get Utah yeah, next get, week. So. <laughs> so you know, and then they have then they finish up with the the Denver Bandits, um, and we don't know what that'll look like in in a few weeks. Maybe that's that's, I mean, that's probably their their most winnable game out of the teams that they have yet to face. Um, but you know, they gotta they gotta turn it on. They gotta show some signs right. of life. I gotta give a shout out to our girl, uh, uh, no Joe football athlete Donna Sykes. Uh, just keep it going, girl. Keep it going. I know it's tough. Get the you're getting the you're getting the zeros, the donuts. But uh, just do your thing on defense. She's just a beast on defense as well. So just keep doing your thing out there. Um, before we get out of here, Mark, San Diego Rebellion, Seattle Majestics. We know what this is all about. This is a, a rivalry of rivalries for the West Coast. These are the two teams that you know uh, they go up against each other tough every time. Uh, won't be no different this time. Seattle uh, has to have this win. They have to have this win. I think this is just this is uh, one of the turning points in the season where they got to get this this win. San Diego, if they pick up this win, they go four and zero. What an impressive turnaround from 2019, a year of COVID off, and uh, we saw them on IG all year working their tails off, and here we are. Uh, it's, if they get this win, it's four and zero undefeated, and they're right there right in the top four, this would probably bump them to number three, to your point. Yeah, I think they're, they're right. You know, I think they're right there. They're definitely a top four team in, in, in the league. Um, unless, you know, unless the injury bug bites them or something like that, I expect them to finish in the top four. Um, Seattle, Seattle definitely wants to get this win. They want revenge. You know, in the first week of the season, they, they dropped uh, their first game to San Diego. They they want to show that you know that that was they were not playing the football that they're capable of playing. They Seattle definitely wants to get this win. Um, and to your to your point, it, if they don't get this win, it's it's going to be hard to get on top of the playoff bubble and get into the playoffs. Uh, as sad as that might be. Now they still have three more games after San Diego. Um, but they, you know, like I said, they're they're on the bubble, so they need a big win. And uh, this this is what the doctor ordered right here. This is their opportunity to get that big win. I will say this right now: um, San Diego takes this win. Uh, I think they run the table, and they are going to be undefeated, and they're going to be very confident going into the playoffs. I'm just calling it out now. Because I, I, unless Las Vegas and Oregon can somehow stop this uh, train in, in in San Diego, uh, if if the rebellion does get this win, uh, I think they, they're looking at. I think they're on the table. I really do. Yeah, I you know I think it's in the cards. So yeah, write it down. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm writing it down already. I think that they have a good a good team, a good nucleus this year, and I think that's a uh, the whole difference for them. They've done a good job. So Seattle uh, has played very decent ball all year. Now, uh, you know, they got it. It's a must win no matter what. This is a must win for them. At home, it would be a big win for them to get that win at home. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, you're talking about playing a team that, 
would other would otherwise probably go undefeated. So to put that blemish on their record, then that would uh, do a lot for Seattle in the rankings, and I certainly in terms of their confidence as a team. Um, we we're not going to have uh, uh, Casey Casey Dobson's not coming in any longer for us. Unfortunately, her schedule has uh, you know can't permit for her to come on. Uh, but you can also follow Casey uh, Casey T A S E Y Y underscore Dobson. Follow her, and she's at Venus Sports now. She's no longer part of the Global Women's Sports Radio uh, dot com, but uh, you can catch her on Venus Sports. You get the link right there as well on our Twitter feed. Uh, she does a lot of uh, cool stuff for NWSL. Does a lot of cool stuff for um, you know regular sports in terms of hockey. Follows all the stuff. So if you follow her, you can also follow at Unbenched uh, on Twitter as well and on IG. So um, you know, sad that she's not going to be able to come on because of her commitments and, t- and schedule and stuff like that. But w- she was very entertaining, right, Mark? Absolutely. You know, uh, I was joking with you after. Uh one of our shows, uh, the one with Adrian Smith, about how, uh, you know, those certainly those two are, are uh, uh, such movers and shakers, and they're always working at something, and um, just very motivated individuals that uh, it, it makes me feel like one of the most unambitious people in the entire world. So that's kind of what, uh, uh, you know, Casey is about so good luck to her it it sounds like she's putting a lot on her plate because uh, she wants to accomplish some things and uh, more power to her if you follow Casey on like I said on her Twitter feed get on bench right there you also get the uh, podcast she's part of a podcast also on part of her bench and her platform so we uh, wish her well Um, more and uh, more more than likely she'll come back in and chime in at some point down the road hopefully before the playoffs of the WNFC to give her take on there. But for now, uh, obviously your schedule can't permit that. We really appreciate her time and her insights as well. I know our listeners are really appreciative of her coming on. So uh, we wish her well and very much success. Um, Mark, that's it. Kind of break it down, all of it. we got the legendary Sammy Grossoffi in the house here. Broke down the uh, dilemma and issue with the ruling in the WFA. And uh, we went through week five and preview week six WFA plus week of the WNFC, which we're looking forward to this weekend. So, And for the fans, Arlington versus Minnesota, which I'm, we're going to be focused on. Let's not forget to say congratulations to uh, Las Rosas Black Demons for winning their championship game uh, this past weekend. That was an awesome game. Did you watch it? I watched it on YouTube. What in a fourth quarter. Uh, they were just really good, and then they just ran away with it. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Las Rosas, uh, Black Demons. You get all the lowdown right there at the hub. You get the link to the YouTube plus uh, the preview from uh, AndersonHawks.com, and you also get the breakdown and recap from FEPA.es. So, 7-on-7 championship in Spain. Congratulations to Las Rosas, uh, Las Rosas Black Demons. And they're on our IG, so you can follow us on Great Iron Beauties on IG at the gallery right there. So uh, pretty awesome. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Over 300 episodes so far. Go to Apple Podcasts or on any other platform. And subscribe subscribe on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple. Uh, Don't forget to go to the No Joke Football Shop. If you didn't take advantage of our 20% off Memorial Day weekend sale, uh, obviously shame on you. 
but uh, you can get a, a, some cool stuff under twenty dollars in terms of tees, t-shirts, tanks, and uh, leggings uh, at good value uh, up to forty dollars. So take advantage of that. And you, if you need a code, it's fifteen percent off. Fifteen percent off. You can do uh, Zazzle. Thanks. All right, Mark. I think that's it for us. Uh, looking forward to next week as we break down week five of the WNFC plus week six of the WFA with all these clashes. It's it's exciting. You know, it's crunch time. It's crunch time now. The playoffs are getting closer, so it's getting more exciting every week that comes along. So we, uh, for uh, the absent uh, Mackenzie Brooks, absent Holly Custis, Nate Ward, and for uh, obviously Mark Simone, Oscar Lopez here saying, Catch you next week. Leave you here with our promo for Monkey Knife Fight. Don't forget to subscribe on Monkey Knife. NJF is your code. So uh, we'll see you guys next year, uh, next week for 376. is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.